Healing crystals, skincare routines, knitting a sweater, fitting in jeans. With Katie and Sarah, no need to worry, you're on a lady journey. Go lady journey. Lady journey. Lady journey. Hi. We are, we have more stone dedications, guys. You guys are pouring into our Patreon and we love it. And we are so grateful for you. Super grateful. And we look at it on the reg, at least once a week. We so look at it regularly. I, I do plan on making the cinnamon roll apple recipe. Oh, yes. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, that seems like a good slow cooker recipe. Oh, I have got my slow cooker out last night and I was so excited about it. Some there I I was watching a TikTok. I'm only talking while you look. No, you please. You go ahead. I was watching a TikTok and this guy was talking like kid was talking about like you walk into the kitchen when you see the slow cooker out and how depressed he gets. Oh, and, that's so funny. And people it's were like, that's because your mom has been using it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. like, it's, she's been using it for evil. You should be shamed. Yeah. I think what I've roasted a check a chicken in a slow cooker and I have to tell you it was gnarly. Yeah. It's wet no. and too moist where I this the chicken meat was good, but the skin was just wet. You and have to do roasting for chicken, I feel yes. like. You really have to get it in the stove and get it like crackling. Yes, I like what is it? Um I know with Allison Roman she has it where you put it in the on the stove first to oh. what is it, rendering the fat? Yeah, okay. And then you put it in the oven, but that's how you get um, a crispy skin. It's from the oven. Um, so that's why when you're, when I, I was like, why would anybody cook a chicken in a fucking slow cooker? Slow cookers are not it's good for, soup. for, and it's also really bad for noodles. Like you cannot put a noodle in a slow cooker. Oh, really? Yeah, it gets weird. Like or, there's a lot of there's a lot of recipes in like the instant pot that will call for noodles to be added and I've always heard that it's gross because it's like when you have noodles like you want to have that like delicious al dente. Like you do not want to have like a noodle that's just like saturated with whatever it's being cooked in. Yeah. Cuz it it first of all it's like it it's bad for your blood sugar, you know? Like sends the blood sugar through the roof. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the stone dedication. <laughs> this first stone. What elf is it alphabetical? It's alphabetical, but this book again has been spilled on by many liquids. And so the pages are hard to turn. I'm like, I got this out today. I was like, wow, I didn't remember spilling this much stuff on it. I mean, it looks like this has been through like a rainstorm. Spells is what you were. He was doing spells. I love spells. You had this in high school. I have to tell you, thinking that you had this in high school. I had girlfriends in high school that went through a light witch phase. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I was in a heavy witch phase. I had silver silver raven wolf. I had all of her spells. It was such fun. What is that? Why are we liking? I know we did a witchery, but what is it with teenage girls and witches? witchery I I don't know what it is but I just remember like feeling a sense of being in control of my life for the first time yeah I'm taking the power back (laughs) but you like had still no power yeah it's like just in the woods you're being powerful (laughs) but you're it's like you're old enough to like kind of like go to the store and buy a spell book but you're not you're still young enough to like believe in fairies yes do you remember did you ever have that conversation because I remember like being with friends like uh, they are real 
actually they are real 100 percent, and i do believe in them well i had a moment when i was younger like the whole when you pinocchio when you wish upon a star and all that stuff yeah. is that pinocchio um when you wish upon doesn't a he star? wish to be a real boy yeah. yeah and i remember thinking that was a thing that could happen and i remember wishing something and then when i tried i looked in my closet because that's where i was hoping it would be wished into mm. I did not get my clothes and I remember having a, a deep feeling of sadness and I remember like do not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Never wish, wish for, for anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh the expectations. Uh, yeah. It was sky high. It's too too sky high. So what are we on now? So we are on I'm going to be donating this. Oh, this is going to go to Jackson. Jackson, thank you so much for joining our Patreon. This is an amethyst, okay? An amethyst is associated with the third eye, often called the spiritual crystal. Whoa. It increases activity in the right brain. Ooh, creative side, mm. Jackson. Get it, get it. And it helps develop psychic abilities. So, Jackson, enjoy it. Thank you. And this is a, um, this one is actually uh, not a magical stone but this is a pebble that I found when I was out vacationing at an Airbnb that I got um no actually this was a um no sorry not an Airbnb excuse me it was a Groupon getaway thank you <laughs> get don't get it twisted and this is a beautiful pebble that I found on the beach when I went out with my girlfriend so I'm going to dedicate this to podcast fan who has also joined our Patreon and we do not know their uh, full name we don't know their full name this is a pseudonym I'm assuming Mm, this is not their Christian name. So you get a pebble. So you get a pebble. <laughs> but no, I will not denigrate this pebble. This pebble is just a special, and it's so smooth. Feel it. Don't you love this? It's got, it is, definitely has a nice look. It's a calming, neutral color that would go really well in home decor. And stones can be, this. I don't know what type of stone this is, but it's. I'm sure it's magic as well. Mm. So this is good luck for podcast fan. Probably virility, third eye, psychic abilities, chakra, etc. I got something in here that's in your book. Yeah. But we're not scientists. We don't know. Well, it could be. There is a there is a stone in this book that I've always wanted to get. It's called a holy stone, and so it's actually a stone that has had um, water wear a natural hole in it. So it has a it has a hole inside of it, but it's caused by nature, by water oh. or something. And it's supposed to be really really special because during a full moon or a new moon or whatever, it's something to do with the moon when the veil between the worlds is thin. You can use the holy stone. You can look through it and you can see fairies. So when I was, I remember when I was really into magic, I was like, I've got to get my hands on one of these oh holy God. rocks. I actually so I want this. See, I do too. So if you have one out there, send it in. I'm going to look for one online. Do you think it's on Amazon? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon probably has live fairies for sale on there. Yeah. They well, we got to get Jeff Bezos back to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> now, thank you again, you guys, for joining our Patreon. It's so, so appreciated. And please, again, subscribe to our YouTube. We're trying to get our yeah. numbers up because we're really close to being able to monetize. And um, Well, it would be a great milestone to see that 1K. It would be. Oh, my God. What a milestone. And when we do get to 1K, we will do something special yes we will um contact joe rogan we'll take the first step yes i've actually joe already rogan. emailed i've emailed him multiple times and um <laughs> i've had no response but i have a third email which i'll be reading um later i'll be you know reading. what maybe we should go to ari 
Oh yeah, we might we might have to go through Ari Shafir. Maybe we can have him on the show here, and then we can confront him <laughs> and say, "Just take us to Joe right now." The fans demand it. Yes, we or I'll be revealing know. secrets about your life. <gasps> oh, blackmail! Yes, isn't that delightful? Lady Journey, <laughs> Lady Journey. Blackmail is so Lady Journey. It's like That's the, the only power we have. It's the women's uh, murder weapon. It's like poison. Yes, but it's how we get what we want. Secrets. So I've had something really exciting happen. Yes. It's, this is a win. This is a big win. As everyone knows, I have, um, I'm auditioning all the time and um, I finally booked something, but I, I'm booking all the time also. So I don't want anyone to think that you I'm do, you not do doing well. More than the usual. I have a high booking ratio. Yeah. I have a high booking ratio, which doesn't lessen the pain of rejection in yes, any way. Yes, no, it never changes. But I did have a big win. So I'm going to talk about my journey. Um, and again, I cannot give any specifics because I've signed a lot of NDAs and I will be sued. But I booked an under five on a popular drama on a network that you have to pay for. A streaming so, network. A streaming network that starts with a but so I wanted to tell like my journey of, you know, just um, working as a like a, a working now as a also working actor. Also how fast it happens because you told me about the audition and then that I'm like, what are you doing? And it was two days later and you're like, I'm working. I was on. I was set. like, holy yeah. shit. So it is really fast. And then it also let me know when to give up hope after an audition. Well, I two days like rush casting. I feel like happens more with TV shows and I have seen it happen before. Usually when you were auditioning for a TV show, you're given like a window where it's like, you have to be available within the whole window. And then they already have a date set. Like I just did an audition for something that's not shooting until like January 9th. So it, it could be January 9th. It could be like a little after a little before, you know, so usually when you send in for an audition, you would then get a call back you'd find out like something like they've pinned you or they kind of like you but they have to see because when you audition you are getting seen by the casting director and then the casting director is kind of filtering people so they're the one who sends out they put they pick all the headshots of the people that look like the part then they get all the auditions and then they pick from probably, you know, however many, like 20 or 100, it depends on what the project is, they'll pick like five and then they'll take the five and then those people will have callbacks and then they will take those and then they'll send it to the yeah the production and then it's not actually the casting director that's picking you, it's a, a number of people that are involved in the team of the production, like sometimes it's the writers, sometimes it's the, the director's. Sometimes it also then has to go to like a network person. Yeah. Too. I got to see Joe do a little bit of casting and it was mind opening. It is. It's really mind opening. And it does make you, even though I talk about like how, you know, it is painful to get rejected. You realize that it actually doesn't have anything to do with you. It's, it can, I think a lot of rejection, at least on the first part is just, you aren't the look of the role. Yeah. You're not the you're not the right look of the role or, or the not the vi the vibe or even like you have a you're too tall or you're yeah. too short, you know? And it's even more so like that with commercial casting. Yes. Oh yeah, even more. So that was fascinating and then um all, it felt like there was a lot of back and forth to see who, but it was faster than I thought and I don't think there's a, a, too much thought that goes into it. It's just the first person that is like they got it. 
it's it's besides the fact that like I think it's not the person that's like the best actor because everybody who is even getting past the casting director has a finished performance of the piece yeah you know so if you are like an actor and you're listening and you're like oh how do I like break into the acting business like you have to do you have to just like practice you have to take classes and then I only got an agent because when I was went to JFL so you know nice yeah, when I went unrepresented, um, I was able to connect with my agency through there. So I don't know. I wanted to have an agent for a long time. I would have loved to have one when I first moved to New York. And I was doing like a lot of like really horrific student films. Like I literally did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I did a student film once where like I showed up. This is like not even the worst thing that I did. I didn't do this, by the way. I showed up and they're like, change the script. They, they said, change the script. Um, the main character... Uh, no lines, no lines. The main character is just going to wipe oil off of your butt with a piece of bread and then he takes a bite. Like, that's my scene. Oh off my, my bear, my bear, my butt's just out and he just wipes oil off of it with a piece of bread and then he takes a bite. You're like, I'm not really acting. Yeah. Is this really part of my... A- ass. Yeah. Asking. I know. I'm like, let me go call my dad and see what he thinks about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just remember being like, no, I'm good. You know, yeah. it's so hard to break into acting as like somebody coming to, to New with York. If you're no not connections. with no connections. I mean, yeah. I had no, I had nothing, but I would say if you're wanting to move to New York to be an actor, the best thing you can do for yourself is, get your day job and start taking your classes immediately. Cause when you take classes, you're automatically involved in a community. And I think that there is a way if you're consistently taking classes, those people that are there, they're already working actors and they're tapped into people that are like agents and managers. Yeah. And stuff. They're going to be working they're going to be your network. And they're also, if they like you and you guys do good work together, they'll recommend you. Cause everything that I've ever gotten a lot of times has just been recommendations. I got a lot of stuff on recommendation. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the PBS, you know, the kids show that I did during the summer coming out soon actually it should be out by the time this is out it's called city island oh fun it's fun it's like a kid's cartoon and all the cartoons are different um like little objects everything in the city is like its own object so I play Uh a jar of nutmeg (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm a mom um but that was something that I had like been recommended for you know yeah so it's like so much of that is just you have to have like a network of people that you're tapped into because it's like who's going to hold auditions if uh like everybody you you know somebody right there it's so costly it's a pain in the ass and then you also have to deal with people who are totally unprepared because you know people are like showing up to auditions like uh like what yeah that's the thing I learned because I think I was one of those people because I didn't really know the process I thought you got especially well commercial acting you just get your copy that day right right but it's hard but like I would thought it was okay to tape uh like let's say tv or film with just reading from the script and then I realized or even going into an audition before covid that I was like oh I'm noticing everyone's prepared and off book yeah that's the difference between tv and film auditions and you see like when you when you're doing it you see why you basically have to come in with the fully prepared presentation and then you perform it for them and then they're like okay I can plug that in yeah because you're there all day and there's no time to be like um there's no time I didn't turn the timer on. Oh, that's all right. Whoopsie. Peep behind the curtain. We have no idea how long we've been on. (laughs) 
an hour. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Because then you show up and it's like everything is like moving, moving, moving. It's not like a rehearsal, you know, like a play or something where, you know. Yeah. They want you to have it automatically. They want to have a feel for it. Um, I saw when I was watching Joe do casting, a lot of the actors dressed up for the part. Oh, in their taped audition. Yeah. Meaning like there's a scene in the kitchen. She was wearing an apron and like cooking and mimicking cooking. Yeah. Uh, So that kind of like I know when I've done auditions, although I don't know, I've never I only got one call back and it was the very first audition I ever did. And then after that, nothing. Mm. Oh, that's brutal. (laughs) But I only do I call them my annual audition and it's once a year. Yeah. That's all I get. Yeah, I have been auditioning a lot since the pandemic, but then I was doing a ton of auditions. And then when I switched over to SAG, now I'm just only doing SAG stuff. So yeah. it, did, it did go down a little bit to the point where I was like, oh my gosh. But now it's like union and pay. Quantity, quantity is out the window. Now it's just like focus on the quality. Yes. Now just each audition has to be like dropping what you're doing, creating a fully functioning performance out of it which if it's only you know under five lines then it's not that hard to be like okay like let me spend like a day on this you know yeah so so that's kind of like my my process and like my my journey as an actor of like coming to New York doing a ton of shitty student films and then you saw that one that I did you remember you saw that one where um I've seen two the one where it was called Vagina Monologues. Yeah, and it my was like, friend did that. Yeah. He was the director. Yes. Yeah. And I knew him because he was my my good friend's friend who moved to New York. They started dating. So oh it was my like God. degrees of separation. Yeah. Yeah. And so before we even were friends, you saw me in the Vagina Monologues where it's two girls, right? And they're like sitting at a table and then uh, underwards their vaginas are talking to each other yes. and it was like CGI he did it was a s- sketch show he did yeah like and a we, online sketch show we basically just wore this is now what lady journey is I'm just like revealing all the <laughs> horrific things I've had to do but it was like we just wore green screen underwear and it was just like I just sat under the table and I got paid a hundred dollars and I was like that was worth it I know oh yeah where now I'm like I don't know I would just be so worried that I would have just pubic fly away from my underwear I don't think that even crossed my mind (laughs) like I'm sure I did I'm like whatever well I didn't see because I actually saw that sketch yeah yeah and I didn't know you then but here's another one that I had so I shot a an independent movie I'm gonna say in 13 or 12 it feels so long ago and I went to Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and we there's a studio there, a place, a warehouse that lets um, the, us shoot a scene there. But they also did sci-fi movies that they would shoot on budget. All took place in a spaceship and they created a spaceship. Yes. And they would redo the spaceship, move things around, and they would make 20 of these films and sell them to China. Yes. Or Asia. Um, anywhere in Asia but you would also back in the day when Hulu was first going you could find these movies on like the 10th page of free movies yes yeah and you had done one of them I did I did (laughs) I I was like I know that I know this girl I was so excited to do it well I I loved it I well I love love 
that you it, you shot a low budget sci-fi. It's, you know what? I'm actually really glad that I did it. It's a totally like a bucket list thing for me. Yeah. And I when I did it, I think I was like 24. So it was like actually perfect for me to like practice acting, practice being on the camera, practice like being on the set. Made no money, of course. I mean, like how the, the budget for these was so small. I mean, yeah. it's like shoestring budget. But um, it was hilarious because the film was called Earth Killer. (laughs) And it was... We're talking about the set is literally like cardboard with acrylic paint not even yeah it was like a chain link fence like like that was like the other part and but with special effects and the special effects were bad yeah it but was you like you can make it somewhat of a decent looking cheese ball sci-fi then that's what it looks like it was yeah. totally and they embraced that too like the people that did it were really fun and they were just like cool people you know and just embracing that in that genre of like low budget sci-fi it's like totally a thing and it yes. works for you too or it's just like the actors the the woman who was the main actress and that she was stunning she played a robot that woke up one day on a spaceship and there was like a war it's <laughs> a war had like broken out and it was like a whole thing but but she was actually like a legit she was like an actor's equity like yeah play actor yeah some of these people you they had maybe did like a red shoot they were hot in the 80s or 90s oh, yes. and then this is their like next level going to the next level where they can still be hot but they're the but they're not it's not an a-list movie yes. yeah yeah it was totally that vibe and and it was it's just like sandra sinclair yeah yeah <laughs> i was in a hallmark movie in 93 <laughs> and that's my credit <laughs> oh i wish I, I would love to do more i would love to do more i mean you know now that i'm sag i have to be like more particular about the the projects that i do but i just i love it and and it was so funny too it was i think that's like low budget sci-fi like horror they embrace like the goofiness too but it was like literally my character was bitten by a robot so i'm like acting like ah, ah. <laughs> Bit, bitten by a robot and then I turn into a zombie they push me out of the airlock yeah. and it's so funny because you just see me like I'm just like acting in front of a green screen like I'm being sucked out of yeah. an airlock oh my god just so so much fun has my do you have it do you know where it's it is? on YouTube it's on YouTube and I will put it I'll link it to the Patreon okay. for you guys I didn't I have an independent movie but I have no idea where it's at what what was it it's called pop meets the void oh sounds great and it played it at film festival here in New York but I remember doing it and being I watched it and I was like it's weird when you watch something you're like I actually see what I could do better mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah um it was fine I haven't had contact with it was a couple he teaches film at the new school oh that's cool that's um, legit but it was like I had to memorize so many lines and it was daunting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a line memorizer. Memorizing has um, been easier and easier for me. I think just because I'm like, my brain is like specialized in that area. So I do have like a process for memorization. But like in the case of my recent booking on a drama show, which will not be named, but I will. You guys will be very excited. You'll be excited. I'll do a tell all when the show comes out. Yes. Um, which will be in, I don't know, a few months, probably like springtime. But um, so I had memorized the lines that I performed for the audition. But when I was performing it for the audition, it's like I'm very comfortable. I'm in my home. I'm with my Zoom setup. 
I had my acting coach there you know he's like coaching me and then you go from that to like then you get the offer the next day and again this is like rush casting so there's no callback or anything yeah because you had told me you did the audition and then within two days I'm like hey where are you and you're like I'm at work yeah I was was literally there I was literally there and so then like the next night um got updated lines which were different totally different so then I had to like memorize I'm like tired I'm doing shows memorizing more different lines when I had already been like focusing on the other ones and so it's it's really stressful you know to get like those lines and be like okay like I have to deliver yes well I remember years years ago Right out of high school, I just my with my friends, we went to Daytona Spring Break MTV. Oh my god, yes. And I watched Simon Rex, who was one of the top VJs at the time, and I forgot who the other girl was. I think her name was Kari and Kareri or something. And I w- watched them d- shoot the show for MTV and it was just like, "Uh, okay, coming up next, we're doing this." And he had to do the lines and they couldn't do it over and I be, remember thinking me like god they're so stupid yeah <laughs> and now you're like no it's so stressful you're yeah. put on the part and you have to enunciate everything properly and make sure it's clear sometimes yeah. you'll switch words around and you didn't realize it you and add a recently to it or adjust yeah. and they're like no you have to say it just like this yeah, yeah. and it, it's so nerve-wracking like when I did I did another show on HBO a few years ago called that damn Michael Che which was obviously um the Michael Che uh of SNL and this was his spin-off yeah it's sketch show sketch show and I like got the lines that day I was like ready I only really had like one line but you know it's like you get to a place where it's like you're so nervous and if you're an actor you've always been told like you have to get to the set you have to be a hundred percent prepared because this is like literally with these huge budget shows it's like it's costing thousands of dollars a minute yeah if you go over time to and they're so hardcore union you can't even go 30 seconds or you get docked pay yeah yeah it's like the union and we're talking about thousands of dollars thousands of dollars for everybody that's on the set so it's like you're supposed to like get up there nail it immediately and it's like that insane pressure I've never felt that pressure in stand-up because like with stand-up you just know the lines and you've said them a thousand times and you know it's not like and now we're gonna let's switch out the line here and there you're like okay well yeah, you're your own I don't boss. know what you just said yeah but when I was on that damn Michael Che I got nervous I got so nervous I like blanked on my line yeah. right before I was like can I see the script I'm like my hand started shaking but you know when you Ugh. when you're like an actor you know that And I'm saying this, you know, in case there are actor people listening, like, you know, like, it is a thing where it's like, you can't ever stop being nervous if you are. It's not just like, just stop. I know it doesn't. I hate that as advice. Anybody who says that, they don't, they don't actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, the only thing you can do when you have nerves is to, number one, work through them. Or you use it, like, in your character, you know, and I was playing, like, an anti-mask Karen yeah so me (laughs) very on brand yet again so I was like using it in the character and it worked and it was great you know but but I was just like wow I was expecting to be nervous but I wasn't expecting to feel totally fine and then the second that like the camera's on to just go blank you know oh I've had that in a live sketch once and we were just starting and I was like oh my god my line's about to come up and I don't know it. Oh, it's so terrifying. And then it happened and then I 
all of a sudden it came through at the last minute. Oh, but I've had that on stage. Sometimes I've had where I've gotten really nervous and I'm like, oh, my God, what is my first joke? But as soon as you get it out, it is muscle memory. Yeah. And and nerves can be so paralyzing. But I always tell myself I know that like I can be nervous and I can still work. Yes. You can't like, you know, I love people that are like, just pretend you're excited. It's like, just don't have that. Let's deal with the reality of the situation. (laughs) Who does that though? Yeah. Who's like, just flip Just tell yourself that you're not nervous. And you're like, has that ever worked? Has that ever helped anybody in the history of life? You need to get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Just go. Go back to your cushy desk job because you don't get it. But yeah, that is my that is my big thing. It's like just working through the nerves or just being like, sorry, everybody, I'm a little nervous because I get yeah. like I used to have this when I would perform stand up. My hand would shake like and you're like, hi, I can, <laughs> I can feel it with my leg. <laughs> just a shake. Yeah. Leg. Nothing's happening here. No, nothing to no see. one notices. Nobody knows. Yeah. So it does kind of happen. But then it's like you, you just have to be like, oh, it is happening and it's okay and it's actually not that big of a deal and yeah. I'm a professional and I work through nerves I just work through nerves yeah I also just tell myself too they're catching this for so many angles that they will get what they need they'll get what they need and then also like what I learned too is that when the the high stakes are really when you have the audition with the quick turnaround time and you just are trying to put out your best performance possible like in the moment of being on a set like that like especially if you have like one or two lines and you're, you don't have like a scene with somebody where you're like fully interacting like the person that's directing is like a professional director that's worked with a ton of different actors they know that people get nervous and they will work with you you know yeah, they're not yeah. gonna be like you can't just like show up and be like what am I doing you know but you can show up and be like hey like let me take like a little one to like get into it yeah and then yeah. they will be like oh yeah like cool like especially I feel like after you do your first take then you're like everything's fine everything's fine like yeah. you're you're in the moment and you're there and nobody is gonna like come after you with yeah. an axe and I know but I always hear remember like hearing Stanley Kubrick with what's her name from The Shining oh Shelley Duvall and he was like abusive towards her yeah you hear and then I've also heard that with David O. Russell where you're like oh my god I hope I never run into these maniacs yeah I think they're I, I feel like I have gotten treated way worse by directors on like union like I'm sorry non-union stuff yeah. that I've done where it's just like the the non-union shoots I've done like that one I was telling you about like that overnight shoot where like the guy's just a jerk and just not even doing that great in his life so he has to like thrive on the fact that like he's the boss of yeah. the music video that from a band that no one knows you know it's like those are the people I think that you have to like really watch out for because they're going to be the ones that are like not good enough and you're like okay well I'm brushing her hair yeah. so <laughs> well I had a shoot one time with a, another comic and he booked a got a director or a DP and we had picked up on this DP's like attitude towards us was awful Ooh, weird but because we were collectively all getting it it made everyone feel okay you know what I mean we're like yeah. well it's, at least it's us against him where yeah. I feel like with dealing with if it's a director and he's only pinpointing you you're just like oh my god am I I'm being attacked right am, now yeah and it's not you don't want to feel like that when you're also nervous yes oh but yeah when is that garnered great results yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I just remembered remember that you and I did a commercial together 
We did a Comedy Central branded commercial together. Yeah, we did. Was it the one for Subway? It was for Subway. And that was also mine opening. Like, because I've done, you know, short film or film and uh, and stuff with, but, but like budget. And I was blew my mind that in commercial they make you do way more takes oh the budget for that one I remember being like this has got to be uh hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. for this it was a lot of takes on lines that did not need to have a hundred takes a lot of takes um a lot of actors the crew was huge and then I did think it was so funny for that one because Subway had like they had like the prop masters were there but it was like two women that were like exclusively in charge of like maintenance of the sandwiches and yes. every sandwich had, had to be, to be like perfectly yeah they yeah. had to fluff the sandwiches <laughs> I thought that was so funny too because wasn't there also a side room with a one-way mirror yeah or was it two? I never know. Because I felt like there were execs, execs on the other side, and they were giving notes to the director. Yes, there yes. were. There were. Because I remember being like, this is so weird that we're not allowed to see who these people are on the other side. Yeah. Th- I think that was that was weird that they did it in that way. I've never been at a shoot yeah. with like people behind a two-way mirror, but I have done stuff where I guess people have been in like other rooms watching yeah you know if it's like the person like for example it was like a person from subway who was there and yes. it's like they are we don't really want another there, jared like, yeah like <laughs> they aren't really there for any other reason than like they are just there from subway it's like they or you know to be like i don't like the color of her shirt and they're yeah. like right away sir it was like that it just, it, I don't know. It shows you, a lot of this stuff is like unnecessary. I'm going to post that commercial. I'm going to post it. I'll find it and post it. Yeah, it was a lot of comics in it. It was a lot of comics. And I thought it was so funny because um, I rem- I do remember embarrassing myself because I was like, my family, every year my family would get the giant sub at Christmas Eve. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? And I was like, oh my God, do I sound poor? <laughs> Being like, like we would get the party sub. You I guys re- didn't do the party sub? You guys didn't have the party sub? and that wasn't your only food you had on Christmas Eve with your family but I do remember like that sounds really wonderful actually it was, it I love was Subway so sandwiches. fun I mean it was it was like a thing I we would always do when we would do like Christmas Eve we would get the party sub and we would all be like yes the party sub is here yeah it's like fun <laughs> you love a party sub yes sandwiches so. when we all ate bread yeah, it was oh, back in the day. Yeah. So anyway, that's my that's kind of my journey as an actor from, you know, I guess starting with very independent stuff, doing a lot of sketch, finally getting um, agent, manager, and to now booking regularly. Here, yes. Here's two. Here's to more bookings. To lady journey. And I do encourage anybody out there, you know, acting is like a, it is like kind of a devastating thing to like fall in love with because there is no real world application for acting skills like if you're like oh I want to be an actor then you decide not to do it after like 10 or 15 years you're like well I guess I have this you know it's like it ends up being this like white elephant that you just have to feed and feed and feed yeah and then it you can't apply it you know at least with like comedy for example or like writing there's a lot of different applications for writing you could do copywriting copywriting you could work in like marketing you could work in ad um you could work in like all you know 
doing articles online so many so many different things or like stand-up there's like public speaking you know I was doing tour guiding for a while there's a lot of different stuff that's pretty close to that but anyway so I would I want to tell everyone if you are an actor out there if you're thinking about doing it live your dreams go for your dreams and like handle the rejection be the cactus you know you only need water every now and then yeah I also feel like in the acting world I've seen results with people that have just figure out how to do characters on screen like POV on their phone totally like Meg Stalter is a good example of that she's brilliant yeah she's so interesting and funny and she's somebody that was like the industry wasn't like into her yeah she was doing her own work creating her characters on her phone and they are really like kind of like nuanced and um satirical and they have like based in reality you know like you've seen all of of these people Yeah. yeah and those I've seen people get stuff from that. Yeah. That you're like, I, if you, because it does feel like when you're just acting and you're just doing auditions, it doesn't really like you're working that much on your craft or you just feel like, what am I doing? Like, I don't feel like I'm actually doing anything. Just start create you can create stuff on your own and just do that and be creative and you do kind of need to like pull in another discipline like writing you know into your acting because that's really the reason that I started doing stand-up was because I was like I can't just be acting in these like low-budget student films where I'm playing like a truck stop sex worker because that's what (laughs) like Jimmy thinks is funny for his SVA final yeah yeah. like I don't want to be doing that and then that's why I gravitated towards stand-up because I was like I do want to be more like in control of what I'm saying yes I also just always felt like once you're on stage and you be familiar get familiar with like who you are on stage you are performing and acting like you're getting relaxed yes in a nervous situation yeah and it you I just feel like as the years have gone by I've actually become a better performer and you know learn how to like become a character on to live in the spotlight yes (laughs) this has been another amazing episode please like and subscribe yeah join our patreon like and subscribe and tell your friends lady journey lady journey